welcome to Just Dads Reading Books, a podcast about judging your kids for what they read. This is produced by Matt Martins and EJ Sanders. Music by Russian Baths. Hi, everyone. It's um, it's time. I'm. It, this is this is the serious episode of JDRB, and I'm here with my friend EJ. <laughs> this is the joking episode of JDRB. And I'm here with my friend. Matt. <laughs> we have the two parts of the whole. Uh, I'm afraid. I'm so afraid today. Uh, it's we're here. We have been reading all of a series of unfortunate events, and yes. we're and I'm done now. I don't have this series to read. I have finished the last book, and today we're talking about the end. And yeah. EJ, I, like, my jaw has been on the floor for like 12 yeah. hours. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, I, I couldn't wait to talk to you about this. Man. I couldn't <laughs> wait. I, I was texting Matt in his last, like, in, in his last home stretch yeah. of these books. Because as you might remember, I know we've gone over this 13 times already. But you <laughs> might remember uh, in Lemony Snicket attitude that I have over here, I'm going to remind you anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, that Matt has not finished this series right. before. So, um, so yeah, I was just messaging Matt uh, last night, and Matt was like, I'm going to sit down, and I'm going to finish it. And he like sent me like some playlist he was listening to <laughs> while he was reading the book. Uh, by the way, my, my choice, if you want uh, a good reading music, um, look up Sufjan Stevens' album, Meditations. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, it has a very disco Elysium vibe, which is something we'll get into. Oh my into, God, don't actually. go there yet. Come on. Yes. <laughs> Cart yes, before the horse. <laughs> it has a super disco Elysium vibe that that album does, which is insane because it like fits in with every book I've ever read, like when I'm sitting there yeah. reading. So. Does it have lyrics so, yeah, or is it an uh, instrumental album? I can't listen. There cannot it's an be. Okay. It's an instrumental. There cannot yeah, be lyrics in There cannot stuff. be lyrics. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I will lose not. my mind. Yeah, I will. Right. Yeah, I will die. Yes, that's correct. Uh, anyways, yeah, I was messaging Matt about it last night and then just uh, getting the kind of live tweets at the end <laughs> was just uh, the sugar. I was top, just so. screaming at EJ yeah. <laughs> for the last four or five chapters or whatever. Um, yeah. Man, all right, let's summarize where the Baudelaire's have been so far. Every single mm-hmm. book is yeah. about them and a guardian in some way and towards the mm-hmm. end of the series the guardians become kind of a less like more nebulous but there is still always like a guardian quote unquote there is always someone who sort of takes there's charge adult. there's yeah. a new adult that is somewhat meant to be in charge of them or a, or a new right. legion of adults and i went into this book <laughs> right. thinking oh he's just gonna completely rewrite like he's gonna do something completely different no uh, i was very surprised to see there is still essentially uh, and a, a guardian in this one there is the facilitator uh the yeah. the that we've seen a, a bunch of different adults in a bunch of different contexts and it's always under the understanding that C- count olaf is going to show up and trick everybody and uh the Baudelaire's will have to just sort of escape from the clutches but we know going into this one we know that it has to end this time so we can't just escape Olaf's clutches and Olaf's th- like we know something's different but yeah. I'll, I'll say this much what's even more wild going into this one is the <laughs> freaking cover of the book is an image uh-huh. of the three Baudelaire's soaked in water yeah. you know that they're on a ship when you when you finish book 12 you know that they have just escaped from Hotel Denouement they've burned the place down and they are just out on the ocean and then you look at the cover of this book and it's like well they've shipwrecked 
and it looks like there's a corpse of Count yep. Olaf. That's what this one sets you up with is, hey, look, Count Olaf is dead right there. You you at mm -hmm. least assume. And I think that's the craziest that that goes also into like what makes this series so good is it is like a written thing, but you have to have the experience of like holding these books and reading the back cover first to see like what Agreed. the setup is and then see the <laughs> illustration on the front because he's like teasing things for you that are meant to set up your expectations and do like wild things to you. And, and this well, book I more so than any other is like, you have to like put this book in your hands uh, to, to absorb the information. Yeah. Just to give you an idea, the first paragraph on the back of this book uh, is always very like, uh, nebulous, yeah. like you were saying. Um, and this one says, you are presumably looking at the back of this book or the end of the end. The end of the end is the best place to begin the end. Because if you read the end from the beginning of the beginning of the end to the end of the end of the end, you will, rely, you will arrive at the end of your rope. Or sorry, the end of the end of your rope. Yeah, the end um, of the end of your rope. Yeah, it's so... And there's a lot of uh, yeah. that in this book of it being very much about itself and the end of this series. And even the oh, thing I just called very attention about to. about itself, isn't it, man? Oh, yeah. I love that. There's a, there's a bit in it where uh, Olaf finally shows up and even Daniel uh -huh. Handler is like, and this is the part of the series. This is the part of the book that you're probably used to, right? Olaf shows up, tricks everybody. Not this time, uh -huh. friends. This time they completely see right through him and they know that it's Olaf and they don't care. Yeah. And we have to like go through all that. But it's... That is like the satisfaction of this book is he has spent 12 books remixing basically the same formula. He's been like so steadfastly committed to this formula and to see him stay committed to it, but also invert it in every way Subvert he can it, yeah. think of. Like every chapter is a, yep. an, a an inversion of what we've been doing while still also adhering to the formula. <laughs> yeah, he like made a set of rules for himself yeah. in the way that he wrote the fiction. However, he also decided to break all of those rules yeah. all at the same time. Yeah. I, I don't know how else to explain the end other than it's just like, it is kind of enigmatic. Man. It, there, there would be, to first off, to lead readers for 12 books yeah. down this long winding story and at in every single book tell you that it the ending of this series is not going to be satisfying yeah right and, right yeah he's been saying that for like all 12 books like yes. you're not gonna like the ending you're not gonna it's like not, the ending. there's not a good happy ending okay right yeah it's not gonna be happy nothing is not it's not gonna be good and then for it to still be kind of satisfying yeah in like a weird yeah like just the, a really you, odd way the message you sent me was it's the most satisfying unsatisfying ending i've ever read and you were absolutely Absolutely right. Yes. Uh, the the best aspect of this book is honestly the work that book twelve puts in to oh, allow us oh, to get heavy here. because lifting. because book twelve is so much about the whole universe, right? Yes. VFD is everywhere. Like there's so we and and go back listen to that episode. Honestly, it's funny that we decided in that episode to like not spoil too to much to talk around to it, talk yeah. around it. But but, but we're going to talk more about twelve in this one yeah. and in our wrap up episode the, because I really do want to talk about it. Absolutely, and the, the big thing with twelve is it's like twelve is like the climax of yeah. the big arcs, the important like mysteries, all of the things going on. Even though there's a lot of mysteries that don't get solved in that book, there's a lot that feel at least relatively solved. But like yeah. the the biggest thing is we get so much closure with so many characters and that was all yeah. Daniel Handler's excuse 
to yeah. do what he does in the end, which in the end, we just strand the Baudelaire's on a on a remote island that no one else knows how to get to or whatever. Mm -hmm. And we just introduce well, a bunch of new characters and a whole new situation for them to have to deal with. But that situation in the end is tied to everything else. But like for a good two thirds of the book, you're just dealing with a new problem. It just feels like another yeah. series of unfortunate events book. <laughs> No one knows how to get to this place, and yet everything washes ashore yeah, here. Yeah, right. Yeah, everything ends up here. The idea is we are on on an island where yep. all of the detritus, which is a word that is said about a thousand a times yeah. in this book, all the detritus washes, washes up to this place. Uh, this book gets wildly, like magical and visual in a way that mm -hmm. none of the other books quite have uh mm -hmm. that th there is i won't i don't know how much like spoiling specific things oh, we're spoiling i think we're we spoiling have to today i think uh, we, today so the reason we didn't do it in episode 12 is because like i think there was an outside chance that if people hadn't read the series yeah at that point i wanted to say this is the stopping point for you right you need to now go read the series right, right? This episode, I'm like, all right, you should be done with 12. The only reason you'd be here is if you've read 12. Right. So right. now I'm like, any episode you listen to, it, th this is your own fault. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've you made the mistake now of not going and reading 12 yeah. or, or the first 12 books. Right. And now you're here. So so now you, uh, this is on you. Uh, right. I gave you the out in that episode by talking around 12 for 30 minutes. Okay. Yeah. So now we're here. We get to have our We get fun. to have our yes. fun. This book is just so wild what it chooses to be about. So let's real quickly yeah. burn through the first half yeah, of the book. Yeah, let's break it down. They wash up. They're, they are, they are uh, on the boat. The boat goes yep. through a storm. They mm -hmm. uh, wash up on this uh, this shelf. Uh, what do you call it? This, uh, it's a coastal shelf. Coastal shelf. And uh, they're, they're trying to figure out what to do in this coastal shelf where like a bunch of stuff has washed up with them from their shipwreck. And then these people come out to greet them. Uh, and they are the denizens of this island hilariously they they kind of make sort of squeeze in some uh colonialist like anti-colonialist rhetoric into it of like yeah. Olaf <laughs> shows up and is like I want to be king of this island and all the right. people there are like we live here we don't like dude what do you you don't get to just show up <laughs> and say you're, you're king and he's like no anything. it's Olaf land and I'm the king and that's yeah. just a nice little cartoony uh wonderful little hook but then uh they yeah. like we said they immediately see through Olaf and they say nope you don't get to come to the island with us you're a bad person and right. I, I I will say one thing I felt like was somewhat inconsistent and maybe like it's okay for this to be inconsistent because a lot of the book is about like the inconsistencies of morality. But I feel like it didn't even address this within itself of there are various mm -hmm. instances in this book where the Baudelaire's are like, yes, Olaf is bad, but I don't think you should treat him this way. I don't think you should you think you should treat anyone this way. But at the same like scene they will be uh -huh. like, Olaf is bad. He needs to be punished for his crimes. We need to, like, yeah. we, he cannot be trusted. Of course, he's going to do more bad things. And this one really has this issue of them reckoning with, like, what to do. Like, what do we do yeah. about Olaf? He's just sitting here and, like, would we be better off if he was dead <laughs> or not? Like, that is something the book has they to reckon to, with. <laughs> right. The Baudelaire's have to then, like, they have to cope with their mortal enemy. Like, somebody right. who is so, so deplorable and has been for the entirety of the series. Mm -hmm. Like, 
you know, early on, I would say he was really skeevy and gross. Yeah. And then he kind of turned into a cartoon character. Yeah. Right. Like, right. he was like legitimately an awful person. And yeah. then he kind of turns into this, like, I am a villain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, he's like a buffoon, he, though. Yeah. 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 He's very much wacky racist. What's the name of the guy? Oh, yeah. With the sure. Dog? <laughs> yeah. He's very much that character. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, just, just absolute buffoon. Right. Uh, and then, but in this book, he turns into something else yeah and it's hard to describe he starts off of this as this car you know as this cartoon character that he's been for the past six or seven books and he kind of evolves into a human and i don't sort really of. know sort of. he's almost not even an empathetic that. character he's just yeah. a pathetic character like he's just yes. this like at this yes. point the the book really gives off the vibe where it's like this isn't even about Olaf anymore. Like who care? Who cares about this dumb pretend villain? He's just over there. Okay. And he spends most of the book just like being over there. And the the perfect setup for that is the fact that they get on this Island Mm -hmm. and these people save them and they feed them and they're housing them and they're being great people. But there's this constant undercurrent of like, but they don't seem good they seem bad the the main thing is this facilitator character ishmael who wants to be mm-hmm. called ish call me ish which is call hilarious ish. uh ish well, it depends on how you look at it. really <laughs> wants you to uh, consider all of the ways and it depends on how you look at it is repeated over and over again and uh ish well, is sort of in you. charge of this land and he's very apt to always tell people i won't force you to do anything but i think you yeah. should do this and everybody just ends up doing exactly what ish says in the end and it's this like polite passive aggressive forcing people cult. to do things and it's a cult and it <laughs> and it like show and they're wearing robes the whole time and yeah it's, it's cult. it gives off big time cult vibes because it absolutely well, it, just straight up and down is a cult that they live it, on this island but like it so what it's doing at the very end here because mm-hmm. every book has been about like there are the evil people lurking around and they're tricking the good people right, right. and what i love about this book is in this one the good people aren't tricked, but the good people just aren't good. They're just not they're, like they're just not neither good, good nor just, bad. They just right. have this problem amongst them, their society. Right. They just have this inherent problem going on. And it's like, do we solve this problem or not? Is the question you sort of sit there asking the whole time of like, it is this a problem or is it OK? And you have to like grapple with that for a long time. So so it. First off, this is a very interesting way to write a cult because this is very much how cults work. Yeah, for like, sure. Um, in terms of uh, just saying it's peer pressure, right? Yeah. And it, and it really, uh, it breaks down to a lot of different kind of social circles. Um, right. In this case, it's kind of a cultish, a cult of personality that happens. Yeah. Uh, but then you see that it's really kind of not a cult in a lot of ways because Ishmael really doesn't have a ton of control over his people yeah right uh, in the way except for at the very end obviously which right oh boy that's we'll talk a, about that's a oh I, that's something but this is such a dark book uh because <laughs> because of that thing. but <laughs> even so before dark. that yeah i i think what's most interesting about the the cult aspect of this is the fact that we're taking the biggest sort of thesis of how cults form and pushing it to mm-hmm. its extremes which is to say the reason cults happen is because people get pushed to like a low point in their lives 
and the cult says the cult reaches out its hand and says well we're here for you and the extreme version of that is everyone on this island has been shipwrecked and will die if they don't take the loving embrace of the cult and if they don't follow all the rules and if they don't rock the boat of this cult then everything will be fine and hunky-dory but it's like that's sort of the inherent problem is we just have to do exactly as you ask or whatever and it's it's really fascinating because I mean, yeah, you, I, I, my wife and I watch a ton of like cult documentaries and that is the story every single time is a person where yeah. something terrible happened and then they get kind of wrapped up in this thing and you're like, how could you be convinced of that? And it's like, I don't know, man, I was desperate. And then always I mean, after the David fact. Koresh got all right. his folks. Exactly. I mean, all and, the and the people who are always able to break out of that, it, they, they see themselves as wild as you do in the moment they're like i don't know how i was convinced of all that i just was like i just was i i was broken enough that that i thought that was making me whole you you were looking for a sense of community and when it's i mean it it really is powerful a sense of community is super powerful for lonely people oh for sure and for people who just don't have anywhere else to go i mean it Mm -hmm. really is when you when you run into a group of people and you have self-worth all of a sudden because you're contributing to yeah. what the whole is doing, right? That's all a cult is, yeah. right? Is right. is somebody who has found you and has said, "All right, I can get this person to contribute to my cause," yeah. which is never uh, one that is wholesome or good. Yeah. But the person who is in it doesn't know any better because they are just trying to find the thing that's been missing. Yeah. And so that's where we're kind of at. We have all of these folks who actually do know better. In right. Fact. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's the kind of the fun twist that gets played uh, around chapter seven or eight in this book. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially what happens. So after they find Ishmael, Ishmael uh, does this fun thing where he just, uh, you know, kind of tricks the Baudelaire's for a while. But the Baudelaire's aren't convinced by Ishmael's yeah. like whole, holy, you know, holier than thou spirit that he right. has. And just, you know, they're just like, OK, we're just going to kind of ignore him in yeah. some ways. We're going to try to abide by the rules of the island. Well, the, the best we part of that, the best setup that happens in that is this critical aspect of a big part of what's being described in this book that's is true. the nature of secrets and the yeah. nature of keeping secrets from other people. And that's the thing we're going to get to is actually every single person on this island has a secret. And every everybody, like we all kind of pretend to follow the cult, but actually all of us have stepped outside of it in certain respects. Uh, But the big thing with the Baudelaire's is they're also keeping their own secrets. And some of those secrets Mm -hmm. come back to bite them and some of them save them. And it's this like very nebulous, like what is the value of being totally forthcoming with someone else that you maybe can't trust? And there's just like never an answer given there's not a clean answer to any of this it 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 turns on them in so many ways some of their secrets do save them and some of their secrets don't the best aspect of this i'm going to jump ahead a little bit but like the best way to sell this point is the notion that they don't tell anyone on this island that count olaf has the medusoid mycelium the 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 poisonous mushroom that can kill everybody they they choose to not tell anyone because they don't know who to trust and they don't know if they tell these people if they're going to side with Olaf or not, and they, they just decide to withhold that information. And that leads down this road of lots of things happening. But even up till the very end, they recognize that not telling them and not killing Olaf earlier, if they if if they hadn't gotten to where they are now, uh, the end of this book has a moment where they've, they've come back with Kit Snicket, who was introduced last book, and they have mm-hmm. to help Kit Snicket 
uh, give birth to give her birth. child. <laughs> the the book is going to end with essentially a a a birth scene. A birth and scene. And yep. the only person at the end there to help is Olaf. And like we yeah. have we have a moment who's in mortally in, wounded. It, it, who is who's not doing well. But like this notion yeah. of if we had gotten rid of Olaf sooner, if we had revealed all this stuff about the Medusa mycelium he wouldn't be here now to make sure this baby gets delivered. And that is the theme that I feel like comes up over and over and over again in this book is like, we kept a secret then and it led to this and it led to that. And this bad thing happened, but also this good thing happened. And it's just, it just is what happened. There's not, there's yes. not a nature of Thank you. finality. There's, there's no, like we solved the problem. And so now it's solved yeah. forever. It's like, no, that problem right. will just beget a new problem or, it's or really a new solution. Is, it really is the final thing the Baudelaire's learn is, yeah. is that you can only do so much to solve what you think is the problem. Yeah. Right. Right. You can only, you can only do so much and you can only take things so far mm -hmm. um, to a point. This book closes with one of the best, like I got to watch the end of this series yeah. now. Yeah. I've got to like because I have no clue how the Netflix show <laughs> handles this book. Yeah. Like that penultimate peril, it's has like one of the craziest action sequences mm -hmm. to end a book. Yeah. And this book, I think even tops that just based on intrigue alone. Right. Like just the whole scene. So essentially what happens at the end of penultimate peril, we'll go back to, we'll get back to the end in a second, but the end of penultimate peril ends with Sonny saying, burn it down mm -hmm. essentially, which is, <laughs> An incredible thing. Yeah. The happens. baby is like so, burn the hotel down. Burn the hotel down. I don't ground. care if it everyone dies. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And like they have to make that choice. And the reason that the baby decides that is to send a smoke signal to Kit. Yep. Flash forward to this book where the Baudelaire's essentially what happens is Ishmael gets a hold of the harpoon gun and shoots Count Olaf in his in his fake stomach, which happens to be uh, the medusoid mycelium. Yep. And uh, the entire place is infected. Right. And the Baudelaire's know or need to go find the cure essentially in the Arboreum, which is the place where Ishmael has been keeping all the secrets. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's back up. Stuff. Let's talk about that because that's a whole mm -hmm. other. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> so uh, the other concept in this book is uh, the detritus yeah. washes ashore and this community. Picks yep. through all the salvage, basically, and decides what to keep and what not to keep. And the prevailing thing is, actually, they don't keep anything. And they send everything to this arboretum. Right. And in the arboretum is just where uh, they, they send, they have a herd of sheep. And the sheep take everything to the arboretum. And no one is allowed in the arboretum. And it's yep. basically this, like, book burning uh, con conceptually, right? Like, this is where all of yeah, the information goes. Burning, yeah. uh, this, this community doesn't get to know anything about it. And what you later learn is that Ishmael does know and goes to the Arboretum all the time and is trying to shelter everyone from the information and the darkness that exists in the world. And it's just so perfectly balanced with the idea of everything eventually comes here. Everything eventually washes ashore here, including yep. the evil of the world. And, and there's this beautiful concept in the book where the kids are trying to grapple with, like, is it okay to be sheltered? And again, that's the concept of this, like, cult vibe where it's like, hey, listen, the cult is sheltering me. And finally, the book is able to get to the point where it's like, but is sheltering enough? 
Or right. is it more important to be taught how to survive? Which is right. something these other books have been setting up for us. And things I, I've said this on the show multiple times without realizing that that was the entire crux of the series is this notion yeah. that these kids aren't being protected. They have to learn how to deal with all of it on their own. And there are people along the way who can help show them that and in sheltering them, teach them how to survive. But like that is the only lesson anyone can can take that's the only lesson of value is like how to survive the dangers of the world and and the way this really comes calling home to them is they finally sneak into the arboretum and they yep. find out that their parents were like a major part of this whole place being established essentially it's right. existed before them but they they were a major function of like the development of this island and the things going right. on there before ishmael basically uh, there was a another schism amongst this society, and right. when the Baudelaire parents and other people left, uh, he is the one who decided to become like an isolationist and and reject all the information from the outside world, well, except he's also for the for one himself. Who forced them to leave. <laughs> right. I'm he put sure. he pushed he, them out. He he pushes he them out. Them out to be become in control uh and, and, and all of that revolves around the medusoid mycelium as well it's it's interesting how much you know what the funniest aspect of all this is just in in, in our context you always mm -hmm. talked about the grim grotto being uh like maybe your least favorite book turns out it is the most important book of the entire <laughs> series uh turns out that that book introduces like the critical like the MacGuffin, <laughs> the, yeah. the most important item yeah. to exist in the book the most important mysteries to exist in the whole series if you if you only read two books of the whole series i would say you need to read 11 and 13 and that's it you could read those two books and you would no, get the gist of the series i mean probably you could probably just read 11 12 and 13 i had a theory that you could just read book that like just this book and you would get a good book experience out of it and that is true except for you'd be a little bit confused by like why this mycelium is so like critically important deadly. and what's yeah, been going on with it you would have the context a little bit removed yeah. from you even though they do explain like it's a deadly poison but you could get more information a deadly mushroom yeah honestly it would just come off more cartoony right? yeah it would right just come off like the deadly mushroom you wouldn't have the emotional like, the value of right. seeing sunny almost die Some, exactly, <laughs> right yeah, uh, and that, that's that. really hitting at the end of this because as you said the kids are infected they are rushing yep. back to the place where their parents uh, uh, founded a major part of the community. And we got to talk about, now we got to talk about the tree because that's where they go. They go to this place and in the middle of it talk about is, yet. I know, is there. exactly. So so there's a big tree, which I, I'll, I will say this, for a cartoony aspect, apple trees don't grow this big. This is a massive, no, this is huge huge tree with a hollowed out trunk and that's not how apple trees work. They kind of get around it by later saying actually it's an apple tree infused with the roots of horseradish. It's like a freaky mm -hmm. it's a freaky it's other like a, plant. A None tree, of that makes yeah. any sense I think like no, botanically, but that's okay. Uh, we can forgive them that. But it's, a, it's an absurd universe. This whatever. this tree exists uh and who leads them to the center of the apple tree to uh gain all of the wisdom and knowledge of the apple ej who who takes them to to gain the wisdom of the apple well if you'd read book two <laughs> <laughs> you might know of the incredibly deadly viper uh -huh. who apparently is affectionately named ink yeah by kit and all of the vfd folk right um, and is actually a prominent member of the VFD <laughs> and it's like a very self-aware snake and very intelligent <laughs> that's right the giant snake that's lures right. the children to eat the flesh of the apple 
sound familiar to anyone? <laughs> yep. I it's it's wild how this book gets to that point and it starts happening you're like no way no way yeah. no way we're doing genesis <laughs> like we're, yeah, doing we're doing we're doing the first story ever made yeah <laughs> it's kind of how it is yeah this is uh it's this so, is a weird it's so wild and it, it exists within the context too of what we're also starting to set up is there is no beginning and there is no end to this right. story so we do the quote-unquote first story ever told and something that do is supposed to Genesis, be yeah. a thing about like the origins of the universe but daniel yeah. hander is also sneaking in this concept of like well but that was obviously not like the big bang precedes that and the big bang is also not the beginning of the universe like there is no beginning of the universe because time doesn't work like that and there's no there's no right. start and this book is about that and the series is about that it's about just the the, the death march of time never going away the, and the series yeah it weighs so, on me so, the, life is a series of unfortunate events is what we are eventually taught because uh inside of this tree is <laughs> a massive <laughs> commonplace book that tome. that a tome. generation after generation has been filling in and that yep. book is called a series a series of, of unfortunate, unfortunate events. events yeah and yep. we just you just get this completely new like whole understanding of everything yep. and and the best aspect of all of this is they've been setting yep. up mystery after mystery and here towards the end, we're now we're now in like this is where like chapter nine and ten are getting into the weeds of stuff. And oh, yeah. Daniel Handler closes out this series by essentially justifying the notion that he's not going to solve any of these mysteries for you. He's not going to tell you anything else about the sugar bowl. This sugar bowl has been this critical item and we have to find it. And there's something mysterious inside it. And that's going to solve all the problems. And it just never shows up again it's actually never a part of this book or it's anything else ever again uh we we are told many times in the series or teased that we're gonna learn what the baudelaire parents did to count olaf we are never provided an answer to that we are yeah. even teased the notion that we're gonna find out like what happened to cause the schism and where all the different parts of vfd went you get none of that and you guess what nothing. guess what listener it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I am not unsatisfied at it's all. So it's good. perfect. It's the best possible ending to the series, which is to say, EJ, and, it's and the and best like possible said, ending to any series. Okay, this is the best it's ending so of any crazy. story I've ever experienced. <laughs> it is so satisfying. <laughs> It's so weird because it's like, like you said, so I want to, I want to just backtrack just a little bit because yeah. they do start reading this book yes, and then they get caught by Ishmael. They get brought back. This is just chronologically of mm -hmm. how this happens. And then they get infected by the, the mycelium. Yep. Then they go back, right. they get the apple. They're going to bring apples to everybody. Oh they're God. like running back to try and get these people apples and Ishmael's already shoved off on a raft with yep. all of the community on it. And they're just trying to get one of them to take an apple. Because if they can just get one apple aboard this boat, yep. then maybe they can save the lives of everybody on the boat. Even though Ishmael's already solved it. Like Ishmael's going to survive no matter what, so he doesn't care. But the rest of the people that are on this boat, and there's several. I mean, there's like 20, 30 people that live on this island. And... Uh, 
the last thing that, that the snake does is like take an apple and swim away. And Daniel Handler says, and no one knows what happened to the snake yeah. after that. Or the like, people or anyone. Or the people or anything. We don't know what happened to them. And then he does the same thing later on. So there is a chapter 14, which we haven't gotten to. We yet, haven't gotten but to, but there's because there's a lot that goes on in chapter 14 also. Yeah. But essentially, um, then at that point, the Kit Snicket stuff happens. You learn that Count Olaf and Kit Snicket had a history. Yeah. Um, and then they go back and they actually read the series of unfortunate events. Yeah, they spend and, they spend a year on the island with Kit Snicket. Yeah. I, I'm sorry, we haven't even like wrapped up. I, I guess these <laughs> these are like the actual proper spoilers because the rest is like thematic stuff. But yeah, the the only people left on this island are the Baudelaire's, Kit Snicket, and Count Olaf. And like we said, Count Olaf yep. is then there to save Kit in the final moments so that the child can be birthed. But and the one the one gripe I'll give is there's just like a single line where Kit is like, I can't eat the apples that will save my life because they yeah, proved to have on. birth con but so come now we have on. to have a mother dying in childbirth not my favorite not my favorite thing to but not but it's not it's, a great thing it's <laughs> part of the whole it's part of this whole thing and it's fine and but but what it does lead to is this kind of beautiful moment of olaf and kit snicket both die on this island and the baudelaires are just left there with this new baby that was successfully born and they spend a year on this island and that's when we cut forward to quote unquote book 14 called chapter 14 <laughs> the book the 14th is called mm -hmm. chapter 14 and it is a single chapter long book, book at the, the end last. of this book the last and yep. uh it is a year later uh the baby yep. has has you know has been parented by the Baudelaire's this whole time. Obviously, we have a brilliant inventor, a genius uh, uh, a librarian, and and just yeah. knowledge seeker, and a wonderful Cook. chef. And a, yeah. yeah, and and they have they have taken charge of this baby, and they now are deciding. Okay, it is time for us to leave this island, and they 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 do. But it, the book ends with just them leaving, and Lemony Snicket telling you. We don't. I don't know what happened to them. There's some people that say they went back yep. and joined VFD. That's the parallel. Uh, right. And there's some people that say they died. And I yep. have no idea. I have no information about them anymore. This is where their story is. Something to me that is so beautiful about how perfectly Daniel Hander threaded all of this needle is if we go back to book 10, The Slippery uh -huh. Slope, we got the uh -huh. setup of Daniel Handler saying, and there's a moment where Quigley Quagmire and Violet Baudelaire had a moment to themselves, and I dare not give you more information than you need. This is a moment of privacy for them, right? This is something you don't need to or get <laughs> to know about. Right. And he, he finishes that idea with the notion that there's a lot of things you don't get to know get about. To know. There's a lot yeah. of information you don't get to have or need to have to move forward with the rest of this story or any story. And and the end finishes with just the notion of the Baudelaire story didn't start that day on Briny Beach when Mr. Poe walked up. That's just the beginning of this kind of series that I've written, but their story goes long before that. You could chart their story back to their births. You could chart their story back to their parents' meetings. You could chart their story back to their, like, to their you parents could go births. back forever and ever and ever, and you can go on you forever and ever and ever. The full story. There is you no such thing as the full story. Uh, right. 
because what does Ishmael say? That, that, that there's always something else to consider or whatever. How does he word right. it? There's yeah. always there's, there's always more yeah. to the story. There's there's always another way to look at things, and yeah. it's it's so good too because what I love that he doesn't sacrifice is some sort of notion that like there's good in all evil and there's evil in all good and you just have to hear both sides. He's not telling you to hear both sides. He's just telling you that like nothing is as it seems. Nothing can be simplified into just a story because everything right. exists outside of the context of its own story. And the message taught to these kids at the end of this long series of unfortunate events where Daniel Hannah spent the whole time telling you like you're not going to be satisfied is the notion that like nothing in life has a finality and a satisfaction to it and that's the point but that's also the beauty of it is that 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 you just have to make the most of every moment that you have because it's just part of this huge larger whole that is everything and 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 (laughs) this man started writing these books for somebody the entire time oh my god yeah the big twist entire so it isn't like so it is a little bit more uh telegraphed than I remembered it. But uh-huh. I just remember thinking when I was a kid, like I just remember like sitting on my couch and just staring for like what felt like an hour uh-huh. at the wall. Like yeah. after I after I had read the final chapter of this book, mm-hmm. which is chapter fourteen. And thinking back at all the things like here's the thing that it does for middle grade kids. Essentially what we find out is that the parents or that the Baudelaire's mother is named Beatrice. Right. And that all of this was basically written for her. Yeah. Uh, right? Because that's what every book starts with is yeah. for Beatrice. Right. Like, this is for you. Yeah. Which is their parents, their mom. Yeah. Uh, is who Lemony Snicket is writing this for. His 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 spurned love. Right. Is, is, is who he is writing this Without for. Without telling any details of this story... You can glean everything EJ is like about to describe to you. Like this is the point that he's making at the end. Is like I don't need to tell yeah. you the details of these stories. It does I can give he, you little he teases. Know anymore. I don't know more than that. And and you yeah. and so you you get to make up. You fill in all these gaps of like okay, so they like were sort of together at one point, mm-hmm. or he loved her, but then she obviously went with the Baudelaire's dad, but they stayed right. like they knew each other. All these other snickets have been very close with the Baudelaire. Right. There's the picture of them together. There's the two yep. Baudelaire men with the Baudelaire. You can think yep. of all these visuals and all these memories that you have. Yes. And yeah, in that very, very final chapter, it's like a whole separate series <laughs> is written right before yeah. your very eyes without a single detail being given to you. <laughs> right. And so you get to read so getting to read this a second time with the knowledge that you have, yeah. you get to see all of the little hints that he drops the whole way. Interesting. And it's yeah. What was that? Yeah, like? you probably, Tell me. Tell me more. Exactly. Tell me more. Yeah. No. So there's they're 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 not very big, but there's just like there's a couple of times I was worried that you would like catch on, and you did tell me that you eventually like figured it out. I didn't even figure it out. I had it. I did have it mildly spoiled, spoiled. for me before. Yeah, now, Which, I, I had a I had a number of details spoiled because I'm the kind of person who I will like crack open the end of a book and take a look at like the last <laughs> page or whatever. Mm-hmm. So like I knew there was a little kid named Beatrice, uh, which is mm-hmm. what they end up naming Kit's baby. They name Kit's right. baby Beatrice after yep. their own mother and all right. of that. I knew that existed, and that just actually further complicated what I what gaps I was filling in for who be. I was like, wait, is Lemony Snicket like 
a hundred years later or something or like you know yeah, like like no. 50 years later or something and it oh, it was kind of a it was such a good little red herring actually for yes. me because it, it meant yeah. i just had like no kind of threw you off the sin again, exactly right? a little but bit. eventually yeah, yeah, yeah. i was looking up other details and this is the yeah. problem of looking stuff up on the internet is a wikipedia <laughs> page a, a, a series of unfortunate events wiki will just like throw a detail at you and it one of the details yeah. was just like you know beatrice baudelaire they're the kid's mom and it was like the oh that seems like important i seems like yeah. i shouldn't have had that detail just sort of listed yeah, off to and me it, <laughs> and it's but it sets it up so so good because it because here's what this book does and i remember this this book doing this to me i want to i want to talk about what this book means to me now yeah. which is when i was uh 16 or whenever i finished this series mm-hmm. uh, i was a little older um when, when i actually finished this series right um i remember reading this book and the I like that it's kind of not a secret in a way because I think I what I remember is thinking to myself, "Oh my God, is their mom named Beatrice?" Mm-hmm. Like, like in chapter it doesn't nine even spell 10, it out right? to you perfectly, right? Like no. it doesn't even no, it doesn't. give it to you straight. <laughs> That's what I love about it, though, yeah. because for somebody that age, right, somebody in their teens or right. a little bit younger, they can see that and be like, "Oh, I really hope that's the answer." Yeah, I really hope that that's the thing that this book ends with is like right. some revelation. Like it lets you solve the mystery on your own. It lets you do that. And then it pays you. It freaking pays you right yeah. at the end. <laughs> I love that it pays you because some books don't pay you. Like some books will be like, no, nope, you can like, and what's crazy is, is he doesn't pay you in so many different ways. Right. Like there's so many things. He's, he doesn't care book, at all book before it. Yeah. Right. Like the sugar bowl, like all of that to me, like what makes penultimate peril so good. And, and one of my favorites in the series is that penultimate peril to me, like going back and reading it, I'm like, yeah, he just burned down the series is yeah. what he does right. in that. Right. Like in that book, what he is saying to you is that not not a single thing to this point about BFD matters. Right. Like it's all context. of this schism. Yeah. Right. Doesn't matter because because I have now burned that down and it right. now what matters is these kids are stuck on a boat with their mortal enemy. Let's solve that problem yeah. as best as we can. And that's exactly what he does. He's just like and then, and then for him to put that in the context of his universe, right? To say, to say that, like, aha, the trick that I've pulled here is that every schism in the world, there are so many. I've written about this small, this very tiny, this very tiny thing right. that has happened in the lives of actually very few people. Right. Um, it's not a world. It is not a world destructing thing that's going right. to happen yeah it is not it's these it's people's lives right well right. and and, it, and again what is the series about i mean he right. le- he leads the beginning of the bad beginning of like this like this is the story of the three bold layers this isn't a story about vfd the vfd is right. is some information that crosses their paths but like in this series you only ever get the information that is important as it pertains to the Baudelaire orphans. You don't need the other stuff. You don't need to know what happened between the Baudelaire parents and Olaf. You don't need to know what happened between Olaf and Kit. You don't need to know what happened between Lemony and Beatrice. You don't need any of that, but it's information that exists that you will happen to have come across in your learning about the Baudelaire orphans. And and the fact that he teaches, like the fact that these are so educational. <laughs> like yeah. he teaches you in book six what a red herring is. Right. 
and then he teaches you how to one. read not not just how to read but like how to have literacy how to have exactly. media literacy this exactly. book is the series is about media literacy and about the nuance of society yes. and it's the it's the best series and i can't believe i never finished it when i was younger and i, can't I uh if uh you need your kids to read this okay <laughs> if we return to the concept of this of this show force yes. force your children force your children. <laughs> no, force obvious, your children obviously not but but also maybe yes get them i'm <laughs> i'm gonna hold on to these these copies those that little, i have forever those little pliers that hold their yeah. eyes open what, and then like you know you're gonna to clockwork orange them <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh well anyways clockwork orange your children into reading this yes, book love you <laughs> absolutely do that we are going to be back next week with more about this series as a whole because we've already gone 15 minutes over for today's episode yeah. and we are nowhere close to done talking about it no <laughs> so let's let's just end on this energy and we'll see yes. you next week which actually for ej and we're just gonna hit pause and <laughs> we'll restart see in like 10 we'll see you in 10 seconds <laughs> just know that that's the context is we recorded these two episodes back to back and it's basically just an hour and a half long episode i love you goodbye <laughs> bye